friend You don't ever let them stress you You are now listening to Ford with CC A spot where you come to talk and be free Put your headphones on and turn up the V You can cheer for the winner, she turned up the heat See, see how they win, we all watch the clock And the three-point shot, they took jaws a drop And the crowd go nuts, cranked up but not yet Since 2020, she been had it locked You are listening to See, she got the best news Wake up, don't you press news Don't ever let them stress you Hey guys, welcome back to Sports Talk with C. Your girl is back with another episode. And thank you guys for tuning in to the season opener. And if you have not yet, go please listen to that episode. This week, I got to chop it up with Sydney Cooks from Seton Hall Women's Basketball. She says that basketball is her peace. And she is grateful for the opportunities and the people she has met. Let's get right into it. Introducing Sydney Cooks. Good evening, Sydney. Thank you for coming on Sports Talk with C. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Of course. So tell me who you are and where you're from. Uh, I am Sydney Cooks. I am born and raised in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Been a lot of states, but that, that's my hometown. So what was the basketball culture growing up in Wisconsin? Oh, uh, I would say boring. <laughs> it is boring. <laughs> you know, you don't hear about, you know, a lot of people coming out of Wisconsin, um, women at, you know, to be honest, um, African-American women coming out of Wisconsin and really getting to it. Um, but different. Um, and I think like someone like Arike could relate to it because whenever we'll tell someone like, yeah, I'm from Wisconsin, it's always the same kind of stare, like, oh, really? Okay, interesting. <laughs> so. so speaking of that, and you said it's the it's kind of boring. What was the one of the reasons that you started playing basketball or you picked up a basketball? four or five years old. Um, I have two older brothers and the middle child is six, seven. So he hit his growth spurt really early, obviously was really into sports. And my mom would say I'd be at his games coaching him and <laughs> acting like I was one of the reps. So she was like, all right, enough of this you give it a try and that's kind of how I got started and my dad played a little like rec league um as well I remember being young going to his games and stuff so I think it's kind of always been in the family but I'm the one who's kind of just elevated with it okay so when you hear the word basketball what's the first thing that comes to your mind Ooh, when I hear basketball I, I'm gonna say peace Peace? That's been my piece. Yep. And when you say the word peace, you say that it um it's your piece. So just explain that. So when someone looks for it, so when you say peace, is it something that you look for an outlet when you're going through things? Or just explain to us what do you mean when you say your piece? Absolutely. Um, I think it's such an outlet for myself, and I think other athletes can relate to that. Um, even when things aren't necessarily going bad in my life, it's, it's fun. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a way to express yourself. And I just think basketball, especially at the levels that I've played at 
have taken me all over the world. And that's something that like as a kid, I wouldn't have thought of that. Wow, I get to travel for free just because I know how to put a ball in a basket. So um, the older I get, the more grateful I become for the game. And I really look back like, yeah, this would be this is my piece. This is how I I can calm down, have fun, meet new people, go new places, kind of all together. So when did you know you were like nice and you knew that you had a gift that you could take you to all these places that you say around the world and meet new people? As early as sixth grade, um, that's how I got my first Division One offer. Ooh, yeah, it was a uh, Purdue University, and I was like, "All right, this this can this can turn into something." Um, I loved softball. I was always I did so much more than just basketball. I was first nice. baseman for softball. Um, I played four instruments. I was taking lessons like. There was a bunch of stuff. My parents kept me busy. But um, after so many tournaments and playing up, I think I was like playing in the ninth or 10th grade um, leagues and definitely in that sixth and seventh grade um, era of my life. And yeah, the offers start coming in, letters are pouring in and we were like, all right, this is clearly the sport where I'm getting these full ride scholarships. And at that point, I didn't even know what it meant, but everyone <laughs> in my city was like, oh, that's great. So right. um, that's, well, yeah, super early, super duper early for me. And how did that make you feel? Just being in the sixth grade, you're getting offers, you know, getting letters. Just speak to how that made you feel, not only as an athlete, but also as a woman athlete. Right. Um, it never really overwhelmed me. I think my parents had installed a very good balance of like me being grateful and understanding things, but being humble with it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but having a lot of confidence in the type of player I was becoming. So even, you know, there's huge articles coming out or like some people will be like, you're in the newspaper. I'm like, I didn't even know I was in the newspaper. <laughs> um, I would think just throughout all of kind of my accolades, I've always been very just humble and, and grateful and, um, kind of just celebrate with myself or with my family, but Nothing that is too major, too out of hand um, that made me like out of place with all these offers coming in and all that. It was kind of just like, all right, that's cool. We'll make a decision one day and um, let's keep it moving until then. <laughs> Speaking of decision, how did you know what school would be for you? How do you, you know, being in the nature that you are in, getting all these offers, how did you know which would be the best school was for you? And like, I know you your current lead and start at Seton Hall, but just uh, take us through that journey and how you ended up at Seton Hall. Right. So um, I think because I was so young and I've had those relationships with a lot of the college coaches, my biggest thing when I had a top five um, in high school was loyalty. Um, right. Who was around literally since middle school? who have stayed at their programs um, because I understood at that point, like assistant coaches are come and go, but are these the same head coaches that offered me since day one? Um, and when it came down to it, my 
final five were Purdue, Michigan State, Michigan, Wisconsin, and UCLA. And those were all the schools that I had known for five plus years now. Um, so going into it, Michigan State, they were the second school that actually had offered me in sixth grade. So oh, wow. Yeah. So my we were, it's only a four hour drive. We would go up there for games all the time. And I just got really comfortable with the incoming girls and then obviously the coaches as well. And I just really liked that it was far enough to be an adult and learn myself and just learn how to be on my own for a while. But if something was to happen, I could always just a car ride home. Right. Um, and then my parents ended up surprising me with a car anyway. So it worked out. Um, right. <laughs> then, um, I spent my first two years there. Numbers were pretty good. And it wasn't even the school. It was necessarily like the conference for me. I okay. thought the Big Ten wasn't as versatile as I play. And okay. I didn't think that style of play was going to, you know, help me get to another level. So kind of, you know, explained that and then went on to find another choice. And Mississippi State popped up. And I honestly, had I've heard about like Mississippi State and they were clearly on the rise and just went to the final four and all of that. But like back in my day when middle school, they weren't as hot. Okay. So I had no idea that Mississippi State really until the final four stuff, which I was already in college by then. So I went to visit there. It was between there, um, Kentucky and NC State. Went to Mississippi State. I was like, oh, this is awesome. My um, family lives only an hour away from Starkville. My dad was born and raised in Mississippi. So nice. kind of getting back to those Southern roots um, was really exciting for me. And um, just seeing the way that Vic Schaefer knew how to win was like, I wanted that. I was thirsty for that. So I didn't care what it was going to take. I'm like, look, I'll sit out this year. I'll learn the program and I'll get my body right. And then when my opportunity comes, like I'll be ready. Um, we get a coaching change. He goes to Texas. We get Nikki McCray. Um, we struggled that season. I don't even know if we were thought about for the WNIT. <laughs> Just, you know, frustrating on the players. part. We couldn't really get it together. Um, and the same thing. I'm like, okay, I'm about to graduate. I love the SEC, but like selfishly, I want to go somewhere where I know I am a primary option. Um, Because a lot of people don't know I miss if you stay out playing the three. Oh. And although I can shoot the ball. Yes, you can. It was like, yeah, I was like, I, I can shoot, but I'm not trying to run to the corner every time. I'm a little right. too big to be doing that every time. So, <laughs> Um, so I was there with Andra and, um, she was my roommate for the two years there. She ended up leaving before Nikki McCray came and she came to Seton Hall. It, she, I think they were like her first offer. So she hit me up and she's like, look, best friend, you're not, you know, you're not feeling it. Come out here. And I didn't do a visit. I didn't even do a virtual tour on <laughs> I I got on the phone with them and 
I was just like, you know what? They say they need me. They don't just want me because I knew I could go anywhere and potentially start mm-hmm. and have some decent minutes and good amount of points. But he, Coach Mazzella kept saying, like, I, I, I need you. I need you. And no, he's he's so great. And I was like, you know what? Whatever. Let's go see what they're talking about. So um ended up graduating from Mississippi State. And before I knew I was on a flight coming out to South Orange. Zone my second time being in New York. So I had landed in New York and then drove all the way here, going through Newark. I'm like, what is happening? Like I'm low-key a country girl. Going through New York. Like what? And then I'm like, I'm in a studio apartment. I'm used to, you know, my nice big house and big apartment. But I adjusted. I adjusted and um, Seton Hall has been the great fit for me. And I am definitely happy that I finished my career here. It was definitely about business here. Um, I think obviously I'm my big, big girl age uh, for a D1 player. I'm kind of old and um, yeah, I definitely don't regret coming here at all. This is a great way to finish out my college career. That is what's up. I love to hear it. And yes, Coach Bazella is absolutely amazing. I love him. Um, but we're going to bring it back. You said that uh, the Big Ten wasn't like your style of play. So mm-hmm. what is your style of play? What is the, how do you like to play? Inside, outside. Um, Ooh, my kind of girl. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I try to go wherever is best. Wherever okay. the mismatches are, um, put me there. Definitely this year, I relied more on my three than I ever have in my entire life. I truly didn't even know I could shoot the three this good. I really didn't. I really didn't. You do shoot it very well. Thank you. You know, you came to Providence when my cousin plays and, you know, put us, Uh you know, put little shots down on us. But I was like, hey, she got got games, so I got to love it regardless. I, I was very frustrated with the double and triple teams. And they were coming hard. And I'm like, yeah, I have not dealt with this since high school. And it was happening last year, but we had Andra, who's such Mm -hmm. a threat from the perimeter. Yes. You had to respect her shot. So it opened it up for any The difference in the Big East tournament from last year when she was there to this year was totally different on how they go to you guys. Right. So it's like now I kind of had to pick up on the threes because we were lacking that as a team, but then also trying to understand like, all right, you got to be the five man too and get down here and do some, you know, do some moves down here and the rebound and all that. So that was the adjustment for me, but I made it work somehow. And um, yeah, I'm definitely proud of myself fighting through this final season with the way that my body was feeling and the the doubles, like I said, and just really a newer team because our starting five, two of our key players had left. So mm-hmm. it was an adjustment, but um, thanking God that he helped me with this three-point shot. <laughs> so speaking of game and your shot, this year, just this year alone, if you could describe your game in one word, what would it be? Oh, hmm. 
In one word. Oh my, I don't know. <laughs> I'll say this year, I'll just say fun. Okay. Because I feel like every game, whether we were winning or losing, um, he gave me the position of being a captain. So I understood it was so much more than myself. Okay. And being able to kind of pour into my teammates. Like we had one freshman and I made her my baby. Like any moment that I could like just not think of myself and give to them, it made it so much more fun. And I think when we were winning, when we were really competing, um, you could see that I was showing so much more emotion. If I'm getting an and one, I'm yelling, I'm engaging with the crowd. And that's stuff that I hadn't did um, even last year at my previous school. So I think I kind of showed people, like, okay, see, it can get a little crazy out there. And <laughs> if she needs to, she can get excited. So. That's good, though. It's always good to get the crowd involved, especially in big games or games where, you know, you need the crowd to get involved, just to get over that little home for a change, you know, the pace of the game. Um, but can you just speak to, because, you know, we spoke about Tony and a lot of people don't get coaching or coaching staff that are great or for you or about you. So can you just speak to being the fact that you finished your collegiate career here about how great it is to have a coach that feeds into you as a person? Oh, it is so important. Um, the way I came into Seton Hall he knew, he had watched film back when I was probably in middle school. Wow. He had studied everything. His staff studied everything. So when I came in, it wasn't a matter of, I want to change this or, you know, we're going to make you do this. It was like, I already know you had this in your bag. I just mm -hmm. need to give you the confidence so you can do it. So if that means we have to change a little something in our system because truthfully, he was like, I've never coached a player like you. I didn't know you could shoot the ball as well as you do, but also do these fadeaways in the post. Like, I didn't know mm -hmm. that. So we were kind of learning each other. And he he always says this analogy, like, we're married. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah, you heard that. Um, oh, when I interviewed him, he said, me and my um, yeah. my uh, girls, uh, we have a marriage. Yeah. So there were plenty of days where I've been in the office and I'm mad at him or he's mad at me and we go at it and then walk out like nothing's happened <laughs> and just go on the floor. And like he he never gave up. That's the thing. You could play bad and some coaches are like, whatever, you figure it out on your own. No, it was I could probably still have a double double. But that double-double could have been so much better. Mm -hmm. So he'll bring you in his office and be like, look, I'm not trying to get on you, but look, you're trying to go here. This is what we have to do. And it's never just him. It's it's the whole staff. And wow. they're all doing their individual parts on how can we make this better. So when I got here, they had a plan for me. Um I kind of got more under Coach Jose as, like, I guess my position coach. Um, we don't really even have position coaches here, which I loved, because then you get a little bit from everyone. And me and him just went weight room, gym, nonstop, so that 
there were no excuses to be had. And then there's other days that I can go in the office and I just bother them. Um, I have a dog who's <laughs> actually on her best behavior right now, which is weird. Love it. <laughs> and she has a dog. So we would talk about them. We'll bring the dogs in so they could play. Um, he'll order pizza. Like it, it's just so laid back. And that's why I say I'm so grateful that it was my last two years here because it could have went good or bad and it, right. it exceeded my expectations of good for sure that is what's up I, that's what I love to hear because I've heard some stories where coaches ruin basketball for some and right. when you hear coaches you know are great and they continue to keep that dream alive it's just a great mm -hmm. thing to hear and I love Tony he kept my dream alive when I first met him at the Big East tournament so mm -hmm. I, he's just absolutely amazing. And, and every yeah, person. I, sometimes I'm like, coach B, like you a good coach, but man, you need to be a motivational speaker. Like <laughs> what you can do on this staff is motivate us. Like you get me going every time. I didn't know him from a hole in the wall. He came and he's like, I love your nails. Don't change that about you. I was like, okay. And then he just, he was the only person in the media that addressed me by my, my name and he's mm -hmm. like, don't change anything about you. That's what makes you you. So, and every time he comes down to Providence, um, he said he always, I always run to his bench and talk to him. And my cousin's Janae. So um, he always be like, I love your cousin. And he always speaks oh to me. So gosh. he is, uh -huh. he is the absolute, like person is he a hundred, a hundred out of a hundred. He's absolutely. And that's so, so funny that that is your cousin because I remember when she didn't commit to Michigan State originally on her official visit. <laughs> I'm the one who got yelled at for it. I was the whole. So I was like, the fact you want to go there after is crazy. <laughs> right? And then but she's look, a bucket. <laughs> so. Now what is it? Right now you both ended up in the biggies. Look at that. So what is next for you? What is after, you know, you know, graduating, what is next for you? Overseas basketball, you know, or what is your, like, what are you going to school for, by the way? I'm getting my master's in public administration. Nice. So honestly, right now, um, for anyone who is watching this year, I was struggling health wise. Um, I have to get my knees together. There's nothing major going on. It's literally just old lady stuff, just doing a lot of basketball and not really taking time to rest. So I'm looking to do that. Um, I will stick around Seton Hall and still work out. And then I have signed with the agent and looking to go pro um, overseas, probably end of August and um, start that pro career. Yeah. That is what's up. That's what I like to hear. Well, hope you get them knees, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna get them right, girl, because you gotta continue to get those buckets overseas and show them what you are made of. Cause I would love to continue to see you play. And with your um degree, what are some things that you can um work in like what type of field? It's it's big. Like, um, I could be a governor. Okay. <laughs> you go somewhere and be a mayor I can probably go into the police industry um me I know that I'm probably always gonna want to be around sports some way somehow so a lot of 
my focus is on like nonprofits. Okay. Um, so it could be something as opening up my own nonprofit organization. It has something to do with sports, mental health, in that direction. Um, I'm really looking into like maybe internships where I can see um some HR places over sports, kind of looking at um what are they called? Our finances department. Oh, okay. Stuff like that. Kind of just a broad Not thing. Like all areas of, of the sports world. Right. A lot of leadership training in my um field. Obviously, HR is really big for it. So something I can kind of move over into the sports world without being in someone's office. I know that. At right. least not the government. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, thank you, Sydney, for coming on Sports Talk with C. I appreciate your time and your energy, of course, and good luck to you in your pro career or whatever you do decide. And, you know, guys, make sure you look out for Sydney overseas. And thank you again. Hey guys, I just want to come and say thank you again for your continuous support. And if you can go on Spotify right now and subscribe to the podcast, it would be greatly appreciated. And also, don't forget to follow your girl on all platforms at Sports Talk with C. And go hit that subscribe button on YouTube as well as that bell so you are notified when your girl puts out that dope content. And I just want to give a shout out to Jarrell Grimes for performing and writing my intro song because I really do love it and I bang to it every single day. And also to King Nate Productions for producing the intro. And make sure you guys are tuning in live Mondays at 8.30 to the squad, the full 94, where we talk everything basketball. And I hope you guys are tuning in to the MTM family where you can see what the team is doing. And until next week, where I get to chop it up with referee Ashley Cross. See you out.